My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 122 of The Kate Show. I have a special guest with me today, and it is really the first time I have ever had an interiors photographer on the podcast, which is pretty bizarre. I should have had this a long time ago, so huge, huge thank you to today's guest for being on the show. But guys, I'm going to talk specifically to um, interior designers and soft furnishing designers right now. If you guys have delayed taking photos of your projects, you're going to be scrambling to contact a photographer after you hear this episode. From helping you earn a place in your favorite shelter magazine to truly becoming known for your beautiful design work in this home industry, having an experienced professional interiors photographer on your team, it's not just a game changer. It can actually transform your business, it can make your marketing easier, and it can cultivate free publicity. And who doesn't love all that? Today on The Kate Show, I'm speaking with Emily Followill of Emily Followill Photography. She has a special place in her heart for a new or just getting started interior designers, whether you're fresh out of design school or this is a second career for you, and she approaches each photo shoot as its own editorial masterpiece. If you're looking for a proven way to reach higher-end clientele and show the world what you're capable of, you will not want to miss all the helpful photography tips that Emily shares in this episode. But before we dive into the episode, let me tell you a little bit more about Emily. She is a native of Atlanta, Georgia, and as you'll hear in this episode, she also does travel. So if you're not in the Atlanta area, never fear, you could still work with Emily. Now, Emily's love for photography began at an early age, and through her education and professional path, she continued to tell her story with beautiful, balanced photographs and a natural quality of light. From residential interiors to gardens, product to lifestyle and portraits, she demonstrates a passion and an eye for simple beauty in the most complex settings. Emily's work is recognized in national and international publications, including Veranda, House Beautiful, Traditional Home, Southern Living, Atlanta Homes and Lifestyles, Garden and Gun, The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, and so many more. Additionally, Emily has published her own book of photography, The Southern Rustic Cabin, and has collaborated with many designers and architects to create photographs for their books and publications. Emily enjoys balancing her career with her most important treasures, her husband, Tom, her children, Sarah and Thomas. In her free time, she loves running, gardening, playing tennis, and traveling with her family. So, you know what, guys? You're going to have so much in common with Emily, but she also brings something to the table that you guys truly and deeply need, and that is someone with that editorial mindset and absolutely killer photography skills to capture the beauty of your projects. Because you know how it is. They're beautiful projects in person, but if you just rely on your iPhone photos, it doesn't quite translate well. It won't look as good on your website, in your print marketing, and it certainly wouldn't land you a spot in your favorite shelter magazine. However, stepping up to the plate and scheduling that professional photo shoot is absolutely worth it. It's an investment, but it's the right type of investment. It is for furthering your career, your business, and getting your name out there. So without further ado, let's talk to Emily. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work 
right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. All right, guys, welcome back to The Kate Show. I'm here with Emily Followill, and you guys heard in the intro, she is an interiors photographer, which is so different from any other type of photography. And Emily, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Kate. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. You know, it's actually the first time I've had a photographer on the Kate show, which is a little bit strange since what you do is such a huge part of an interior designer's repertoire. You know, how else does an interior designer get a portfolio if she doesn't have a photographer such as you, right? So it's a good thing I'm finally doing this. But could you give everybody listening a little bit of background as to why you became an interiors photographer versus the many other types of photography that you could have specialized in? Sure. Back in high school, I really found that I loved photography. 35 millimeter, black and white, loved being in the dark room, won a few contests around town, earned a partial scholarship to an art school, which I didn't take, but just really kept trying to figure out how to make photography a career. In college, I went to a small liberal arts school to get a good education, as my dad said, and worried about art school later. And I ended up, after my four years in college, I came back to Atlanta and went to a professional photography school, which was about a two-year program. While I was in school, I worked part-time for a friend of mine and her mother. My friend was a designer, and her mother still is an antique dealer. And I've known them for a long time. My grandfather actually was an authority on Southern antique furniture and helped train this my former employer and friend. And I just always admired my grandfather's love of history and design and the thrill for the hunt of antique furniture when he was traveling through the South in the 50s. And he'd come home with a piece of furniture and worry that he wasn't going to be able to feed his family. But he knocked on doors around the South and asked people to sell them his furniture because he knew it was important. And there's actually a family photo in my grandparents' house with all my cousins, aunts, and uncles. And I was about five years old. And I'm sitting on their fancy antique sofa with my whole family. And I have a Fisher-Price camera in my hands. So I, I kind of take all that back to my, my grandparents. But after school, I started assisting every type of photographer just to try to learn and see and find my niche. Advertising, product photography, architectural. I shot weddings for families. I shot weddings and shot families, portraits, just because when people say, here, you're a photographer, they automatically think that's all you can do with it is shoot, take pictures of them and take pictures of weddings. So I did that, but I knew I wanted to do more than that. Through my assisting, I ended up working in a catalog studio and they ended up hiring me full-time, which at however old I was, 23, 24, getting a full-time job as a photographer and insurance and all of that was just huge. So I worked with them for a long time and they were on the forefront of digital photography. They, this was before anybody could afford their own digital camera. So I feel like that was just a huge learning curve for me to be able to learn on somebody else's equipment and somebody else's nickel. I ended up managing that photo studio for about five years. And while I was working in that dark studio for many years, I kept going back to my love for the homes and gardens and that interior designer and the furniture. And um, I started shooting through this catalog house. I started bringing in my own clients and shooting ads for the back of Veranda magazine, which my aunt was selling at the time. And so she would pass me along as, 
hey, you need a photo for your ad, call Emily. So that kind of developed into shooting more homes and gardens and getting back into that while I was still at this commercial photo studio. In 2000, I had my first child and I went back to work and after eight weeks of maternity leave and went back part-time and they were all taking bets as to how long I would last. And it lasted about six months until I started getting enough here and there with Southern Living and Better Homes and Gardens. And my husband helped me jump off the cliff and go out on my own. And that was 2001. And I haven't looked back since then. Oh, my goodness. You know, I really like that you had to explore all the different niches of photography before you came back to the one true love of interiors. And I point this out to people quite a bit that just because someone specializes in in brand shoots or in weddings doesn't mean they're necessarily going to know how to translate that into an interior shoot. And that's why I think someone like you, you're very unique in that you've had experience in all those things. And we were just talking off air, Emily, how you said you approach the whole photography project as a way to show up for the interior designer and the homeowner, because you said to me that you wanted to capture the essence of the project. And that takes it to a much higher level. Do you want to just briefly explain the difference between, say, a real estate photo shoot and what you do as a professional interiors photographer? Sure. Real estate photographer comes in and basically puts on a wide angle lens and tries to show as much of the space as possible in one photo. Wide angle, you're seeing probably three walls and they're trying to make the space look huge so that when you're flipping through your online photos of house hunting, that room looks big. Wow, that living room is huge. That bedroom is huge. I think that's part of their goal. In my case, I try my hardest not to use a wide angle lens. I feel like taking parts of the room, you know, shooting an overall room might have two walls in it, and then come in and take those vignettes, that chair with the window light going across it, the chest with the flower arrangement, the and then coming in and doing something tighter on the detail of your window treatment or pillows or flowers that you've arranged. That's just how I kind of, I guess, see the difference of those two types of photography. Mm-hmm. It's definitely more editorial. And, and I was going to say like what you'd see in Better Homes and Gardens, but then it's like <laughs> the photos that we see are often from, well, from you because you've been featured in that. And then what other shelter magazines? Just a few off the top of your head. I know there are many. Yeah. Veranda, Traditional Home, Milieu is a new one. Garden and Gun. Atlanta Homes Lifestyles is one of my favorites just because right here in Atlanta. House Beautiful. Um, I've lately been in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, which is fun. And lots of designers' books. I'm working hard on collaborating with a lot of different designers as they develop their own books. Oh, that's really exciting. And good for you because getting in all those places that just takes a lot of hard work. And I know you've put in the work. I mean, so if you've been on your own as an interiors photographer for 19 years, if my math is correct. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a long time to really hone your craft. Are there any... You feel old? No, no, not really, though, <laughs> because it's like 19 years of experience is just incredibly valuable. So when I see anybody who's had that much experience doing one specific type of thing, I'm like, dang, they must be really good. And then when I go to your website and I look at what you've done, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, so it just makes sense. Now, to that point, 
Are there any certain designers that you have shot for that people listening might recognize? Sure. Suzanne Kassler, I've worked for her, and she had a launch with Hickory Chair for who her line is through. So I helped on her last catalog shooting her products, and they basically transformed her own house, took out her furniture, and brought in all of these newly designed pieces, and that was a lot of fun. Beth Webb, James Farmer, Matthew Quinn is a kitchen designer with Design Galleria. Jackie Lanham, Stan Dixon is a fabulous architect, just to name a few. Yeah, and I recognize a lot of those names, and it's like, oh, it's so exciting. So when you have worked with all those designers who are high-end, and then I know you've worked with people who are obviously more just getting into the industry, or they've been in the industry for a few decades, are there certain faux pas that you see these designers making when it comes to photo shoots or even other interiors photographers that you're just like, oh, I wish people would stop doing this. Faux pas, other photographers, really paying attention to all the details, making sure that the props line up correctly and that nothing's covered up and, you know, that the curtains are straightened and the pillows are fluffed and the, I mean, there's so many details that we're looking at that we zoom in on. We capture an image on the computer and really zoom in. My assistant is is awesome about that. Another faux pas I see just on a shoot is making sure that you've got enough props. That is huge. You know, one bunch of flowers isn't going to cut it. You've got to have a lot of a variety of flowers and big bunches of them. You can't have floral arrangements floating around from shot to shot. I know people looking through magazines love to see if the same flowers are used in different rooms. We call those moving props. Mm -hmm. And just making sure you've got enough for the kitchen, food for the kitchen. You know, you can't just have two apples. You've got to have a bowl of apples or whatever you're using. And making sure that you take out your homeowner's, quote, prized possessions, watching if there are too many picture frames and you don't want to have too many items that you haven't actually placed there, really. Mm -hmm. And that makes a lot of sense. And it really sounds like getting ready for a photo shoot is a lot of work. How often are you the one styling the room or is it the designer who's always styling it before the photo shoot or is it like a collaboration? It's definitely collaboration, but if I'm styling, I don't have time to stop and do the flowers and all of that stuff. So if the designer either is on deck for the whole shoot, usually it's great if they have an assistant um, or if you hire a stylist to help with all of that so that they're working one room ahead of us and we can capture as many images as possible. You're getting more bang for your buck there than if slowing down to do all that. You know, we get into a room and we put the camera on the spot and then we move things around. So it's not like the designer can definitely know what shots were the exact angle, but just to be prepped, know that you're going to need to prep that coffee table and the side table and got enough books or little doodahs to make it happen. You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of times we're stealing stuff from other rooms and that works. Making sure that if that that last layer is there, that last layer is just really important. You've done the draper, you've done the rugs, you've done the sofa and the chairs and the homeowner said, oh, whoa, we've spent enough money. We can't spend any more money. You know, for a photo shoot, you might need to bring in those extra pillows they didn't let you buy for $300 a pop, the the throws, the books, any odds and ends that you might want to borrow from a store. If you have good relationships, they usually let you take stuff out 
put on approval and those whether you let them know it's for a photo shoot or not I like to be honest but sometimes they would rather hear that it's just going out on approval and sometimes your homeowners love it and they ended up buying it um that's so funny there because it looks so good so yeah, sometimes like, no, it doesn't go back to the store yeah like don't take that I like it now <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so how do you handle photo shoots and lighting because I know lighting is well I can't say it's everything I'm not a photographer I don't know so how do you handle it if the lighting in the room is for some reason less than ideal or it's a cloudy day or what have you Lighting is very important, and I try to do as much natural light as possible. Most of my photographs do not have strobe and additional light in them. I definitely use them, and sometimes they are necessary, but a cloudy day sometimes is the best day. It's cloudy right here today, and it's just such a soft, nice light in my office that I can use a long exposure, and it's just beautiful. I've even shot on dark, stormy days, and we've gotten some gorgeous images. So it can work any which way for interiors, and I can supplement if needed. So it basically just comes down to knowing what lens to use and what other special equipment, when to bring it in and when not to. And I mean, photography is so much more than just point and shoot. And like, that's all I know about it. All I know is it's way technical and... (laughs) Total side note, my husband got me a Nikon a few years ago, and I really promised myself I was going to learn how to use it in manual. Never yeah. happened. Never happened. It's like, I, do it. I, oh, I don't know, like I should fly you out here and you can teach me. Because I'm just <laughs> like, I'm a very techie person, but for some reason, when it comes to this camera, I am, I don't know if I'm scared of it, probably, because it's just got a lot of moving parts to it. And I'm like, I, what lens to use? I have no idea. I don't even know. I don't know. So I really respect what you do because it does take a lot of uh, special equipment and just a lot of expertise. Okay, guys, we need to hold on for just a minute because I have a really important question to ask you. How are you planning to grow your business this year? Do you have a plan for getting new clients? Do you panic when your word of mouth referral sources dry up? It's time to take a proactive approach to growing your business with the Window Coverings Association of America. The WCAA specializes in helping upholsterers, window treatment workrooms, and interior designers build businesses that last. They offer ongoing education on topics such as business, profitability, marketing, window treatment design, upholstery techniques, and more. If you want a business that can withstand the economic ups and downs and still support your family, you need the WCAA. Go to WCAA.org to learn more about becoming a member. And P.S. to everyone else listening who might want to partner with or advertise with the WCAA. There's a place for you too. Go to WCAA.org and click on the Industry Partners page. So moving on to kind of... um the other issue that a lot of people have, and I say this as an issue because I used to work directly with this one particular remodeling company, and I was begging them for years to get photos taken of their work. And finally, after about three years, they started doing it. But the big problem they had was anytime a photo was taken of a small bathroom they did, so let's say a powder room or even a walk-in closet, the photos were just never quite right. Do you have any tips on styling or positioning or just photographing small spaces in general? 
It's hard. That is the one time where I do use my wide angle lens and you have to watch things getting distorted. Um, I was just shooting a big shower and when you saw the rain head shower head in the ceiling, it looked all bent out of shape. It was, it was weird. So there are just things you've got to make sure everything's super straight and that your lines are still straight. And a lot of times I've become a contortionist <laughs> setting up my camera on top of the toilet in order to shoot straight into a sink. And that was that's lots of fun, but <laughs> it's possible. And my retoucher is amazing. And he has taken me out of many a uh, mirror. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I guess I'd like to see behind the scenes pictures of you taking these photos because that would be hilarious. I know that my brand photographer, um, Amy Lawson, shout out to Amy, she has gotten in some funny positions too, where if she's shooting me in a coffee shop, she has to stand up on a chair and everyone in the coffee shop is looking at this point. And she's like, yeah, I stopped caring a long time ago. It's fine. And I'm just like, girl, you rock. Because now I'm just like, everyone's looking at us. (laughs) But you photographers are just like, oh, whatever. I have to get in this position. I know what I need to do. So that's why I think it would be so funny to have behind the scenes photos. But one thing you mentioned was that the person who does some of the retouching of the photos, you know, they, they have a role to play here. So what's your philosophy on editing photos? And is there a line that you don't cross or is that really up to personal interpretation? Well, I don't ever want to make anything look not real. My retoucher is amazing and he makes me look really good. He takes out the light switches and outlets and vents and all of the and can lights if you don't want to see them and makes things more clean than they might be in real life. And without making you know that they're missing, he, like I said, takes me out of mirrors and takes my camera out of mirrors. One time I had a client who builds new neighborhoods. And so we were shooting like the first house built in the neighborhood. And then the rest, everything else around that house was construction zone. And he, I don't even know how he did it. He made it look like the house is sitting on a beautiful grassy lawn with no excavators around. Or he can do something as simple as put in a painting instead of the TV over a fireplace. Because I know designers hate having to put a TV over a fireplace. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we take them out. Sometimes we leave them. It just sometimes it's nice to say, hey, this is real life and this is what your clients want. And let's show this. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. And I mean, I can see why he would want to remove the excavators from the background because nobody really wants to see that. And a lot of these photos, I mean, they're being put in, like you said, the interior designers books or being sent into editors. So having that final touch, I'm really emphasizing this part because I know that some people, including people I've worked with in the past, start to feel dishonest when it comes to any sort of retouching. But my personal opinion and what I'm hearing from you is the same, is that sometimes it's just necessary because this in itself is its own project. Right. It's, yeah, I think it's very important. And it doesn't mean that you're showing something that's not real, but you're making it more appealing to the eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a good marketing and good marketing is not something that anyone should feel weird about. So when you've gone through this whole process, you've styled, you've taken the photos, they've been retouched, then the designer is left with these beautiful images that they now have a duty to protect in some way. Do you have any input on how designers can protect the copyright? Yes. The photographer actually owns the copyright of the image. 
the designers, the way I work it and the way most photographers work it is that the designers have the usage rights to use the images for their business, not for the fabric company, not for the architect, unless they pay for those usage rights to the photographer. The best way for designers to protect their images is to put their watermark logo on the images. It can just be in the bottom right-hand corner. But if your name is not on that image and it gets screenshot to a blog and then passed around and then put on Instagram and it's gone everywhere and your name is nowhere on it. And I like to put my, my watermark on them. It's hard for me to say, hey, yes, Miss Interior Designer, you have to put my watermark on the image on your website. I mean, that's not pretty. So there's a fine line between being able to take care of that. But um, as much as you can, make sure you put your, in the caption, your tag, your photographer's tag, anybody else you want to make sure in social media that stays with those names, stay with that image. If you tag them in the image and somebody has to click on it to see your name, then once it gets copied and re posted, your name's not on there. So you want your name to be in the caption as much as possible. Is what I've found. Uh, if anybody has any other ideas, I'm always open to hearing them. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like with the whole copyright issue, it is kind of a, a gray area and the designer and the photographer need to have very open communication about mm-hmm. about all of that. Because going back to what I said earlier, this is not just a point and shoot situation. That photo is a result of hours and hours of hard work from multiple professionals including the designer, of course. Exactly. Of course. So it's, yeah, it's really interesting how easily some, there are some people out there who will rip off photos without ever batting an eye. And just seeing what you guys have to go through to get that image, it's kind of like a stab to the heart. Like, what? Why would anyone ever do that? So yeah, I agree with you. Like, this has to be navigated carefully. People should go the extra mile to protect their images. Um, and yes, always tag that photographer, because I know that's how you guys get more exposure as well. So if these designers want to get featured in shelter magazines, because I've never met one that didn't, are there certain types of photo shoots, certain types of projects, or even just certain types of images that designers should really aim to get if they want to be featured in a magazine? Yes. The magazines want to see a combination of overall room shots, vignettes, and details to show off those designers' talents. The magazines are changing by the day as to what they're looking for, technically. A lot of them want to see a little bit of color. They'd like to see a whole house when you're pitching a magazine to, I mean, excuse me, when you're pitching a project to a magazine, the magazine wants to see the whole house, the main room, including a bedroom and a bathroom. I find that that those two things are important, whether it's just a powder room or it's a guest bath. It doesn't have to be the master bath and the bedroom doesn't have to be the master bedroom but something pretty just to help round out that house. Mm -hmm. And that's really good to know because a lot of people are like, how do I even get started? You know, it just, it seems like such a far off thing for a lot of brand new designers, especially to be like, how do I get this kind of PR? So thank you. That, that tip is really going to help them out. And how, go ahead. Say one more thing. Yeah. Um, I do think, of course, a professional photographer, but I do think that lately, that these editors do want to see professional photos. It helps a lot. And also think about not just pitching to magazines, but entering contests. You can't win if you don't play. And the more you enter these things, the better your chances. But Atlanta Homes and Lifestyles, for example, has a kitchen of the year and a bath of the year. And one of my clients just won bath of the year. 
And it's so exciting for me when I help these clients get seen. But one of the magazines jokes that, you know, you get your stuff photographed professionally and you can win. So I do think that that helps a lot in your chances as much as of a pain it could be sending more than just your iPhone photos. Mm -hmm. It helps. Well, and I would say that, well, I've said this many times on the podcast, that professional photography is a very worthy investment because you can use it in so many different ways, on social, on your website, in your print marketing, in submissions for contests, these shelter magazines, like you just said. So there are some that have told me, you know, I, I will go get a professional photo shoot done once I've reached this level or once I get this type of project. And would you say that it's good for people to just wait and wait and wait? Or is it like as soon as you have a project you're proud of, just get a mini photo shoot done? Or where are you at with that? I say go for it with a mini photo shoot. I have one client, a designer who was a commercial designer. She went out on her own in the past few years and she hired me to do to shoot a couple of projects. And even if they were just like a nursery here and a kitchen there and they were odds and ends it really helped her and we got her own home in a magazine and then she got asked to be in a decorator show house and she just has taken off and I really think it's because she didn't just wait to have the main house of her dreams project we went and did a half a day here a half a day there or two houses in one day and shot a couple rooms in each house and she had a lot of great stuff for her social media, which still gets used and tagged and picked up. And I see it get reposted all the time. And she's getting retagged and getting her name out there. It's really encouraging to hear because that removes a lot of the excuses that we'll come up with. You know, we as in like if we're putting ourselves in a new interior designer's position, whether you they're fresh out of design school or they're just new to this as a career, don't wait and I think we we sell ourselves short in business a lot, whether it's getting our projects photographed, getting ourselves photographed, getting a rebrand done, or even a new website. We're all just like, I'll wait until this. But the truth is we have to be one step ahead of it. And if we want to be perceived as professional, it's our job to give the impression of being professional. And that is where photography is such a huge part of it. So if we've got a designer listening right now who's like, all right, I'm ready to do this, and they happen to be in your area, can you share like your area of service like geographically and then what someone could do if they wanted to work with you? Sure. Um, I do live in Atlanta, so if you're close to Atlanta, it's less expensive for you because you don't have to pay to fly me somewhere, but I have been lots of places and I'm not afraid of when they let me get on an airplane of <laughs> getting on an airplane. I had projects in Virginia and New York and Florida and all around, but go to my website and click on contact and we will talk and see what, see what I can do to help you for sure. I love to spend time understanding the designer's vision and their project. I work really hard to capture the essence of the home and all the things that they have worked, whether it's three months or three years on creating I love working with somebody new because I'm always learning something and it's definitely a team effort. I am not a my way or the highway kind of photographer. I definitely want to capture what's important to you, make gorgeous images so that you can continue to do what you love to do. I really respect the relationship that you designers have got with your homeowners. You are in their lives. You know them really well. They've trusted you with a lot of their money and 
you've created something beautiful. And if I didn't, if you didn't have those relationships, then I wouldn't have a job. So I really respect that relationship and try really hard to treat those homeowners as if they were my clients because, again, they're letting us into their homes and we respect what, what they've got going on in their homes, whether we need to make sure that we're out of their kitchen at three o'clock when their kids come, come home from school or they've got babies taking a nap or the, a lot of times the homeowners don't know exactly what all they're in for when they agree to a photo shoot that we're in their house for a full day or more and that we do kind of take over a room at a time. But we put everything back and make it all look even better than we than it did when we got there. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun and a definite, like I said, team effort in the whole project. Yeah, and it really, really is a project. And I'm glad that you were able to give us the inside scoop to all of this. And so if people want to connect with you, you know, they can go to emilyfollowwill.com. And um, what's your social media handle? Emily Follow Will Photographer is my Instagram handle. Perfect. I know that people are going to go there and check out your work after hearing all about your philosophy here. So thank you very much, Emily, for coming on The Kate Show. This has been really informative. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a treat. I really appreciate it. All right, guys. Until next time, keep your marketing simple, keep your message clear, and don't forget to go check out Emily's website at emilyfollowwill.com. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.